I'm doing this podcast. It's about dreams. As I'm going to sleep, yeah. I'm like, have a dream, James. Like, have, a <laughs> yeah. have a nightmare if you can. Yeah, treat yourself to yeah. uh, just <laughs> like, a, a come, big give me, chase. Give me something to work off of. And then yeah. I wake up, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Catherine Corcoran. And I'm James A. Janice. And this is Scream Dreams, the nightmares that shaped us. This is our very first episode. Yeah. And we are joined today by an incredible filmmaker, Josh Rubin. Josh Rubin, would you introduce yourself to the audience? Hello, I'm Josh Rubin, filmmaker, <laughs> performer, um, person about town. <laughs> person about town. Yeah, just a really generic, really, really kind of vanilla. Yeah. Um, no, it's like vanilla bean. It's yeah, like really, really vanilla bean. You know? And I work at Coffee Bean, so it works out really, really well. <laughs> okay. I don't. I used to work discount? at Best Buy, but you know, oh. just, just wanted. Were to... you Geek Squad or just general? Best just Buy? inventory. So mm. I couldn't even, you know, do the video section and get people hyped up about like Donnie Darko. That's about as far back as, uh, as I worked really dating myself. So <laughs> couldn't just had to just lift boxes and listen to Missy Elliott. It was a lot oh, of that. <laughs> yeah. Were there it's ever time capsule? Yeah. Were yeah. there like ever were there like big releases that you guys would sell out of that you remember specifically being a big deal? Well, I mentioned Donnie Donnie Darko because that had come out. That was like right after Mariah Carey's Glitter. Um and uh it was like like a weird it was a weird time in New York. It's like post 9/11, like all these big, I don't know, I probably sh you know, shouldn't talk too much about what was coming out. You know, it was like, there was a big Ben Stiller supermodel movie. And it was like a Mariah Carey movie that like kind of bombed and Donnie Darko or Donnie, um, <laughs> Bonnie Barco uh, didn't do very well. And I was really excited about the, the, the DVD at Best Buy. So there was like one release I remember, but I feel like it being like a lot of video games, like Beck's Sea Change was always playing. Oh, so yeah. that was, it was, it was, Missy Elliott in the back unloading plasma TVs. And like, that's how I like hurt my knee was just balancing it on my knee. I was not strong working in inventory. And then like you go out into the main area, it was just constantly a sea change because that change album too. had just come out. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. So that's like his least poppy album though. Yeah, yeah, what? for sure. It was just like a really moody, like it's very Third Street, Best Buy. Yeah, it's completely. So funny. Completely, completely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so anyway. And then so from Best Buy, how did you transition? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. You can still work you still Team Chelsea. It. Team Chelsea. <laughs> Love it. I actually remember I did extra work on um, a John Favreau Christmas film. I won't mention, okay? <laughs> um, because I'm on strike. But I remember making more money doing that, like the $75 staying up all night outside of Central Park. Um, for the particular scene where Santa arrives um, and uh, <laughs> not showing, like telling my boss at Best Buy that I, I, I had this thing and I wasn't going to come in for whatever day. And it's he my was big like, break, as yeah. you told him. Did you have a big dramatic like quitting scene? Um, I just or? didn't show up and didn't. <laughs> didn't uh, I'm a cancer, so you know I can't deal. Uh, I like didn't collect my last paycheck. I was too nervous to like show my face to my boss, whose name was Keith, of course. Um, and of course, no offense, <laughs> like all the keys out there, but you just know he had like a keychain on his belt and just yeah. like, just a, like a moody man. I think his last name was Moody, not to call you out, Keith. <laughs> you're good. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just like that began like uh, actually a really educational period of my life when I was doing constant background work. Uh -huh. So even though there was so much, so many like bad sandwiches um, and, you know, wishing I'd brought a book. Um, and that Nintendo Switches existed back then. It was a lot of sitting around, but the education of like seeing yeah. how the 
the ship really like moved was cool. Do you yeah. still talk to anyone you met doing background work? Because I did background work for about a year and a half and I still talk to wow. some of the people I met. You know, yeah. you do bond. There were a few like lifers who were weirdly like my age. Like mm -hmm. when I started, I was like 18 in New York City. And so there was a couple, there was like one girl named Jamie and we like really bonded over this like one like Julia Roberts picture. <laughs> um, and she had like reappeared in some TV show or something. So, oh my God. So I think once I joined College Humor, which is where I really cut my teeth. Is mm -hmm. that a thing? Um, and learn how to be a filmmaker. I didn't yeah. go to film school. I remember being like, oh my God, I can reach out to my, my background bud. And he'll and throw come. Jamie a line. I think there was a couple of those because it oh, wasn't so too fun. long after that that, yeah. Were they always coveting for like the pay bump? Like the, isn't it like if you're featured oh, to completely. a certain extent, oh, yeah. you're like campaigning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was smoke nearby. <laughs> so that's, you know, it was so many, like, I, I still don't know how the mechanics work. I'm a terrible business person, filmmaker, union member. I'm <laughs> not that bad, but um, <laughs> uh, like, I just didn't quite know how that racked up, but you'd watch the like, the real pros be like, well, that's a pet. There was smoke nearby. So that's like, that's going to be that mm -hmm. you push me. So that's stunt pay. It was like a lot of like, Did you ever learning. get your car in there. I had my car in no. the background of a shot one time and I no. got an extra little pay bump. For never that. got the Subaru Loyale. And I think that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I have. I've Honestly, never they'd probably the be like great, like safety supervisors, like transitioning into like some sort of role, yeah. like, on, like just, or like, I, I don't even know what the COVID officer. They probably, yeah, they probably actually, I know a few, I, a few background folks are like, you know, just career actors are like, I'm just gonna move into the COVID thing. Cause yeah. it's, you know, organized. Um, they love a, you know, love a good book. Yeah. Love a good, <laughs> a good nose swab, you know. Okay. Good, good stuff, I, yeah. That's one job I don't think I'd ever do on set is the COVID comply. I, I got the imagine? certification. Yeah. I got the certification like during the pandemic cause I was producing something and I just, I, I, yeah. I don't like, I don't like bodily fluids. Yeah, yeah. I, we got to pivot to real estate. You know, <laughs> COVID or real estate. That right? was it. There What's was the no survival way. gig? There's, yeah, there's yeah. Because no I'm not going back to Best Buy inventory yet. I probably ha will have to, but I'm um, not yet. Yeah. Did yeah. you have any like weird COVID jobs that you did that like projects that never saw the light of day? Can you talk about those? COVID jobs? Uh, no. I mean, I definitely did. I did work through COVID. Like, I remember my first one, my buddy Natalie's movie we did up in Syracuse, and it was like really scary because we're all going she had gotten shut down we all got invited back we're all wearing face shields which is like kind of a joke oh, one <laughs> of the plastic things yeah, that, yeah. we're just yeah. all tight and it's cold out and we're just, i remember we were sitting in like a convenience store like and everybody had it like either off or just around their neck we're just talking mm -hmm. and spittling i mean we'd all been tested and everything but it's just like oh boy is this is this really going to do anything but um <laughs> No, I mean nothing too nothing too odd. Everything that I'd done, like college humor stuff I can talk about, like dropout, I do a lot of this like um this sort of uh this series called Game Changer, mainly make some noise. I'm like weirdly just as if not more known for that as I am as like like a horror dude. So yeah. sometimes the audiences discover each other, which is fun. But they were super COVID um buttoned up and you know everyone was super spooked about um about doing our like silly comedy stuff and then we we would just we'd <laughs> like let it rip and then mask up and then leave and everything was you know super super safe but nothing too like nothing too crazy there's just a lot of like you couldn't commiserate with your crew after after, after work. that was like the real bummer you know <laughs> you yeah. couldn't complain bonding. about the yeah. day yeah after. yeah yeah it was like i just shot a movie in like hoboken it was just like i guess i'm just in hoboken like i guess we <laughs> yeah. can't really by myself yeah yeah in yeah. my hotel room yeah, yeah. yeah. Go eat, eat spaghetti outside and just wish we were together <laughs> you know?
Yeah. Well, the, that's kind of in, an interesting like correlation because this this podcast is about nightmares and what actually terrifies Heaven. you. And at the time, that was really scary for all of us. Like, are we risking our lives to yeah. to to make these these films? But I guess that that's a good transition. What do you dream? Do you have nightmares? I only have nightmares. James doesn't have them. Really, I tend not to remember my dreams too often. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's not possible. <laughs> maybe you just maybe maybe you go to an another place maybe it's like quite i mean i can't even make the reference to the film but maybe you astral project and find yourself in a further kind of place where you you know imagine there's uh, supernatural violence and you and you wake up and not remembering that it happened i, I mean I, I literally the last two nights i was like all right i'm doing this podcast it's about dreams as i'm going to sleep yeah. i'm like have a dream james like, have, a <laughs> yeah. have a nightmare if you can yeah treat yourself to yeah. uh, just <laughs> like, a, a come, big give me, chase give me something to work off of and then yeah. i wake up i'm like Fuck, nothing. yeah yeah I mean, it's um, uh, sometimes I'd say half the time now as a 40 something adult, it's people in my life betraying me. It's just like, <laughs> Dad, you're that or what? You know what I mean? It's oh, just like your it's, children betraying you. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. My father. Dad. I don't oh. have children. I have two cats. It's <laughs> like either. But I was like the cat like gets, you know, cooked by a witch. Or like my dad oh. is like, you know, or mom turns out to be some like awful. A secret identity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, like, wow. you know, a, 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 a evil sort of, you know, an evil within type situation. <laughs> I tell you, when I was a kid, you know, as a kid, child of the 80s, there was a lot of great um, monster spooky toys. So many. Yeah. Like, uh, what was the one? It was like the monster that had changed. It was like my pet monster. It was literally a monster the size of a child that had like orange handcuffs that were Velcro and it had a, um, a big hard nose and horns and giant eyes and I loved it and I needed it just like <laughs> I needed like Dr. Dreadful's like, you know, lab kit and yeah. a boglin. I'm, I'm dating myself, I'm, I'm the oldest one here, but yeah, it was like a rubber puppet called a boglin that was basically like a gremlin uh -huh. that you could, it was essentially to like scare your siblings with. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, not only loving these things and catching like a troll-esque movie on cable, uh -huh. um, uh, I would dream thinking about things like that under my bed. So like, I'd love them during the day and then I'd be like, oh my God, what if, you know, what if there's like a, a live toy situation and freak me out? I had a Furby. Um, that, that <laughs> dating yourself to that it, it too. malfunctioned and wouldn't stop like it was like ooh, ooh, and like it wouldn't stop like opening its eyes and wow. making the sound and I threw it in the closet and I was so afraid of it that I didn't retrieve it for years and I went to look for it years later and it was gone. Wow. Just saying the thing was actually a demon. I'm, wow. I don't know. It? I don't know. I don't know. It's a demon. Wow, you're just you're unlocking a memory that I had this like um, boxing nun toy. It like that we I grew up in Woodstock, New York. There's a store called Yeah. It was like one of these. <laughs> okay. Um, He's moving his hands for those who aren't watching. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Punch, Rock punch. And, uh, and I remember. I think it was. I think it was this very toy. And my cousin and I. My cousin was younger. And we both loved horror stuff. And I remember kind of putting it around the, the house or doing something like putting it in a closet and then tricking him into thinking that the thing had gotten out of the closet 
Um, and <laughs> I remember, like, we burned it together. Um, yeah, this plastic. is just what we did. Yeah, we yeah. just put in a plastic, <laughs> again, so you know, 1990. You were we're just like, from yeah, Toy Story. the smoke won't hurt. Yeah, completely. Like, <laughs> yeah, put, put it under the microphone. <laughs> so, uh, under the microphone, under the microscope, burn it. Um, and then I remember taking out the charred head and, like, putting it, like, under his pillow, like, stuff <laughs> like that. And yeah. us both reveling in the fact, I think, like, we both knew, like, that's not possible, but also, like, loving the feeling of being scared. A lot of like alive toys stuff when when I was a kid that, yeah, yeah. That and me did out. you have like nightmares relating to those toys where they would come up? Or like, did you have reoccurring nightmares as a kid? Uh, did I have recurring? Probably not. Not, not any that I can remember. But the, because I was such a hard devourer as a kid, uh, it was weirdly. I don't know what this says about me psychologically, but hey, you know, I'm a horror filmmaker now. <laughs> I, I remember trying to like reason with the iconic killer in my dreams, like trying to oh. befriend them. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah, so yeah. interesting. We were talking about how it's hard to scare us working in genre yeah. because we're ex expecting the gag kind of mm -hmm. thing. But I have a question in terms of your film work because I used to have a recurring nightmare as a little kid of a wolf trying yeah. to chasing me. And this is like yeah. a recurring theme in your work and also the other day, I had a run-in with a coyote that was standing six feet away from me. Ooh, it yes. like walked right towards me, and just and I had and I yelled, "Hey, stop!" I don't know why I thought <laughs> it spoke English, but like I did, I did. I was. And with he my... put up two paws. And was like, "I'm cool." <laughs> <laughs> like it did stop, but I was with my dog, who's like very wolfy and roughly the size Ooh. of a coyote. But it was like it was re re in igniting this like unlocked childhood recurring dream that I would have where they were chasing wolves were chasing me. So I, I was curious as to where they why the through line of wolves in your work. I mean, there were some really scary wolf pictures uh, as a as a young and mainly um, one based on a Stephen King novel that mm. really freaked me out, even though the wolf in film I won't speak of looked like um like like a a a, a man in a, man a suit. furry suit yeah, yeah like a you know a, a grimy furry um, <laughs> but it, yeah I know it's pretty horrific I have no experience with that but um I so between stuff like that and um you know uh there were TV shows I can't remember one specifically that featured werewolves, but like because we grew up in 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 the woods and we were influenced by you know films like that and a lot of Stephen King stuff. My cousin and I would tell each other a story about or we'd make up a character called Wolfila that was like a blood sucking werewolf. Okay, oh. we we're like kind of cool, right? Yeah. Like like don't hybrid. take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and we would just talk about how this thing like lived near the house and let's go out during the day and see if we can find Wolfila's tracks and that kind of thing. But a lot of like, I think that's probably the the monster I'm most freaked out by. Wolves. You know? Or yeah, werewolves. Yeah. The, 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 the werewolf, blood-sucking yeah. hybrid wolves. Complete. Well, yeah, that'd be, that'd be freaky. Vampire deep. wolves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bite. I mean, it's like the werewolf thing is like, okay, they're gonna bite you, you're gonna turn into it, but like, you know, if they could also just like drink your blood, like God, that's just. It's why is that terrifying violent. to you? Like, why are why is the wolf? It's full id, like you know, sure. just complete, uh, unrelenting violence. You can, you can't. It can't be barricaded behind a door. It's really fast. It stinks and can smell you. So you can imagine <laughs> how horrific it smells, and also how horrifically you'd be torn apart. 
there's so much about it. And also that during the day, it could be any one of us. Yeah. And so, if, and, and then as, as an adult, you know, like, like making my last film and everything, it's like thematically you think about how we all have dark sides and how we all have id, we all have, um, you know, a tear of our personality that can kind of like unleash and get enraged. And this, we all, we all have like werewolves within us. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, I, I think, I think that's, it makes for probably the most fascinating to me, uh, monster. Yeah, yeah. I could see why that would be a scary thing for you, Catherine, uh, just because becoming a werewolf is that sense of losing control. Yeah, that's you know? terrifying. You're, you're Larry yeah. Tal Talbot and you're a normal guy by day. And then at night <laughs> you're killing people and you don't even know it. Yeah. yeah. Day daytime, you're just a priest. And then at night, you know, you got an eye patch and then at night the eye patch comes off and when we were talking earlier it like reminded me of like drug addiction almost like that's really mm. terrifying to me the idea that you could be looking at somebody who looks and sounds like the person you love but is Ooh. they're not there anymore Ooh, yeah. that's so scary to me and it's probably a really similar thing yeah. with werewolves yeah I, I i've been i try and free write when i can uh -huh. sometimes i'll just like try and like replicate prose that i love um, just to keep my brain alive and see if I can, you know, do good recall. And a lot of it, the spookier stuff I write, I've been writing recently is about uh, a semblance of the person that you know in the eyes of some awful thing. And that's, that is like to the, you yeah. know, the addiction point, that is, that is a really freaky thing. It's like, oh God, I feel, for, I know that they're in there. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, they're, they're not themselves and they're, you know, doing things beyond their control. What, do vampires <laughs> scare you just as much? Not nearly. I was always a vampire for like every, like for every uh, Halloween. Like always got that plastic cape from that company. Like back in like, you know, 86, it was like always that same plastic cape that was, you know. It smells kind of weird. It smells weird. <laughs> yeah. like it was some like vinyl material. Mm -hmm. And there was, there was a kid on, yeah, it was it was like red and black. Yep. <laughs> You'd always get the same like, you know, shitty teeth and um, <laughs> yeah, pop them in. I mean, sometimes you can even get them at like, you know, Cumberland Farms after putting like like a penny in or whatever. <laughs> um, vampires I loved for whatever reason. I think because my my mom let me, you know, in the video, video store era, there were so many cutouts of legendary horror icons, Christopher Lee being one of them. And like, I would watch those horror film, those hammer horror mm -hmm. films yeah. pretty young, um, which is, you know, kind of um, controversial, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's like, oh, boobs. Yeah. Um, but it's <laughs> like, but Christopher Lee was like such a great, yeah. vampires and for whatever reason I maybe because there was such an abundance of vampire content um uh and in great you know kids like gateway horror films yeah, so I was like oh sure. that's my favorite yeah 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 I you know I didn't realize until I think this year that Dracula's whole thing is part of his whole thing is that he can also become a wolf like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like uh, yeah. you know he can become oh, a bat. Yeah, was that part of the that. novel? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's he cool. can like just become a wolf, and you're like, wait, yeah. that that's not your thing. That's his thing. Like he's you can't a, have he both. Is, he is. Yeah. He's your what was it? Oh yeah, Wolfula. Wolfula. Yeah, just Wolfula. That's what he calls another name for him. Didn't they have? He has other names, I think, through the generations. Yeah, I think so. Like Satan. Yeah, Wolfula, Dracula, Mike. You know what I mean? Yeah, just Mike. Oh yeah. That wasn't feeling creative that day. Yeah, Batman probably can't say it, but love the comic. I do think though that is something like 
there and I want I don't know why that is but like vampires are always like the cooler, sexier kind of yeah. like vil, like villain mo- but the the wolves are just like scary. Like they're just yeah. they're just yeah. monsters. There's no yeah. and it's the same mythos, the same idea of like someone losing control of themselves yeah. when the moon comes out or mm-hmm. whatever, but mm-hmm. not it is interesting. I don't know but why Wolves aren't sexy to us. I guess it's kind of a good thing. We're not into like bestiality or whatever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not not online, um, <laughs> not on the air. Um, not on the air. Yeah, I, I'm publicly. already the guy that brought up a furry. Yeah, um, don't. It was a grungy it. furry, wasn't it? Yeah, like yeah. a grime, yeah, grimy, grimy furry. furry. Yeah, uh, clean yeah. furries. Are I mean, fine. they could be to you know. God, I want to say there was some. I feel like there's some like interesting Little Red Riding <laughs> um, uh, sure. erotica. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm unfamiliar. I want to say, I don't even, there is a, a horror franchise that I don't know if we can re- mention, but um, it, that is about vampires with like a female action hunter, yes. not Buffy, <laughs> which I also don't know if we could say, but it's, it's like, the, but they have, they introduce into the franchise more early aughts action driven mm. with an actress. Kate, mm-hmm. so oh, that's yeah. like yeah, yeah, and like they do introduce wolves it as goes yeah. further on into they, yes. into into the in the films, yeah, like in I forget what you know in the yes. lineage they do, yes. and those wolves, those werewolves are like like they're not furry, they're they're gross and yeah. hunched over and clawy and slimy. But it's, if they transformed like into a normal, did they transform into a normal person and then just like have abs like in everything? Yeah, I it think so. Like so, but yeah. they like did try to like sexualize them a little, and it, it actually was more terrifying to me. Oh, interesting. I think. Like Scott Speedman, like, that's scary. Like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why. It was something yeah. about like it was like this weird alien wolf hybrid that oh. like, was really scary to me. Oh, I'll check that out. I don't know. It was like later later in the franchise, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. So. So that's what got you as a kid. What gets you now as an adult? What's terrifying? I think it's the, the more, unfortunately, you get like too intense, but it's like the human behavior. It's like, like now you go out into a crowd. Like my wife has a certain anxiety that I think many of us do. I have slightly less of, but it's planted in my mind. You go out, now you go to a bar, a school, a concert, and any number of horrific things can happen brought on by some someone who is suddenly broken, not yeah. themselves, yeah. lets themselves go, God forbid. Just one person too. So one it. person, or you know, if you're down at the Capitol a certain time in our history, <laughs> it could be a lot of people who are the same. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of very divorced dads just deciding like to break, you know, some great, some historical architecture, just like, well, let's all get together. Um, yeah, and, every time uh, uh, my wife and I are at a concert or even, I think about it, at the movies a lot. It's I a lot of like, all right, where are the exits? Yeah. Like, you know, it's. I have been too. And I, I, I go to the theater by myself sometimes too. I got that sweet Alamo pass. Nice. So some people might even be looking at me like, white guy in the, you know, third row. Yeah, they're clocking yeah. you. Yeah, you're... on the aisle by mm-hmm. himself. Yeah. It's, as it's, long as you're not standing in the aisle for way too long, because there'll be people who like, I don't know if they're workers who come in and watch, or, but yeah. whenever someone's just standing there, you don't want to like, camp out. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm like, what are you no. doing? Just go sit Unless down. Unless you're at like Holly Shorts, you know, it's like, well, I got to <laughs> wait to, get everybody out um but uh yeah human behavior just like the fact that anyone could snap and then because of our horrific like issues with gun access the fact Mm -hmm. that they're so accessible like more than like a 7d camera um (laughs) like anyone could just 
you know, get some weapon and go somewhere like that's it. That's the scariest thing. But it's it's not something I would ever want to make a film about. I wouldn't want to like pull no. an Eastwood and make a, a film about, you know, a, a, a bomber or shooting or anything else. It's more scary than any werewolf, vampire, mummy, underwater thing. Sure. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned like the type of person who generally tends to do these acts. And I feel like that kind of seeps into your work because I feel like the emasculated mm. man mm -hmm. is so far a runner in your work. And yeah. I feel like that's a very, uh, I don't want to say trendy topic because that makes it sound kind of flippant, but it's, it's an interesting uh, examination of a, a current thing in culture that needs to be talked about and looked at. It is, it is. And it's like, I don't want to get like preachy about it and certainly didn't with like the things where that's popped up, but it's also like, it's an, un <laughs> it's unfortunately true. Like a lot of us, uh, white males especially did not grow up with the uh, men in general just didn't grow up with the, like the language cultivation patience to like t to have a place to be or a means to be emotionally intelligent mm. and that um, un unfortunately releases the werewolves within you know what I mean it's just it, it's uh, and that's how you create you know uh, space for toxic masculinity yeah we all have to if we're lucky enough to get to an age where we're self-aware enough to go mm -hmm. to therapy which we all got to have mm -hmm. you know then uh then then great but not many not many of us dudes do you know and that's super scary but you know the specific thing about like intergender competition i think is great like like with my first film, when I was like telling the dudes in my life that this was going to be about an emasculated man being competitive mm -hmm. and oh. about their competition with a smarter woman yeah. or with a woman that he couldn't quite keep up with, <laughs> all the guys in my circle, their shoulders just went up. And, really? I, and I knew, yeah, and I knew that was a good sign. Yeah. Because it's not something any of them, not a place where any of them want to go. Socially, it's like, oh man, I know that there are just dudes in my life that get that weird twinge in their tummy when their yeah. partner makes more money than them or where they can open the pickle jar and they can't or whatever. And it just <laughs> like, you know, they start to turn. And I'm just like, oh yeah, let's get into that that great stuff. That's the tasty stuff. Yeah, it's a very yeah, let's, real let's thing. Let's blow yeah. that out. Yeah. So I'm going to try to not make too much about those types of characters, but it's probably, I don't know, it'll probably be a bit recurring to me because I've. As a smaller male mm -hmm. um, and a sensitive man, I've witnessed it a lot in the you know the, the men in my life, like the bullies I've had in high school yeah, and the women I've made more friends with women in my life than I have with guys mm -hmm. and have more probably equal now guy friends to girlfriends. But um, I never related to you know like the the dudes in my life. So many of them were like quite like you know I don't know. There was just an abrasiveness there that I didn't quite identify with. Yeah, when speaking of background work, when I did background work, I would always end up just hanging out with the women on set because whenever it was a dudes only thing on set, yeah. just immediately the conversation would turn to stuff that like I didn't want to talk about and just yeah. the way they talked about women around. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it, and it's so fascinating because you're there with strangers. You don't know these people, oh, yeah. but because it's just all dudes there, they feel comfortable yeah. enough to talk so, like that and i'm like yeah. i don't i don't want to be i'm gonna go hang out with them because yeah. they're not freaking creepy yeah. <laughs> like no, we yeah. talked about this like when we were just sitting down and like doing icebreakers for a very long and that's why i was so excited we, we were so excited to have you on because um your work touches on this um for a long time i was nervous coming into horror because I didn't have the community that I have now that is actually the majority of horror where it's really inclusive and really embraces yeah. people and their diversity and, and, and their uniqueness and also champions these subjects before mm -hmm. other mainstream 
outfits are really prepared to take it on. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't ha- really have a ton of a ton of that experience, and it made me feel like there wasn't a place for me. I was so uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I started having these conversations. But do you find, since you've been making films a little longer than we have, do you find that that's something you've had to kind of push to get into into like a funding space when you come in you i have this like you know this character this male character that that is struggling in this way not for funding because you know my first thing was so independent and so like stank of me it was such a specific idea um unfortunately where i run into more issues is race-based and okay. I, I feel like as a, a, a Caucasian male filmmaker, my responsibility is to s- showcase women or queer folk, diverse folk, people who do not look like me in um, in roles that they likely would not have been cast in previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've ran into this without get, you know getting too, into too much detail, but... Well, if you're going to cast that person as the lead and based on the color of their skin, you're not going to have as good of sales in X territory. Yeah. And that is yeah. still a real thing. It and is, especially with this focus on international box office now yeah. where they're yeah. like, oh, that's not going to play across seasons. Like, yeah. OK, that, I still want to make this movie with the right people. And- yeah. And it's 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 completely fucked. Yeah. Um, because the, the on the other side of it, when you have a diverse actor come in and play some role they haven't before, there's a complete explosion. Yeah. You look at, you know, everything that Jordan Peele's doing. And you just say, go like, yeah. well, that, that's, you, you've just unlocked a completely, you know, a, a new kind of era and way of seeing things. Yeah. Or just like, you know, Michael Kennedy, who's a brilliant writer, talks a lot about like, let's see some more like queer villains. You know, but, but like just kind of opening ourselves up. And then like when we do, when we finally see it and see it work, like it opens up all kinds of possibilities. And yet there's still a, there's still a dated sensibility about like the sales stuff, like the corporate side of this, which I have no interest in. Yeah, yeah. but that's such an it, it's so fascinating that that's always the argument, right? Because like statistically, horror does incredibly well overseas. But it's, it's uh, to the point where and we'll touch on this a little bit because you you come from the comedy and horror world a little bit. It it does better the it's harder now in the United States to get funding for a comedy than it is for a genre film. And the reason mm-hmm. be- behind that is because they do so well overseas because mm-hmm. you don't have to understand the language mm-hmm. to know what's happening in a horror movie. You can understand by the movements and the music and everything like that. So why does it then matter what somebody looks like if we can communicate it without language? I, I, it's such a girl. <laughs> I, I, I wish I, I wish I knew all, all I know is like, as long as I keep getting the opportunity, like little Josh, like little white Josh getting like millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars to make things, it's I'm going to put people in positions of power, whether they're heads of department or whether they're in roles that don't look like me. That's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just how I feel. You know what I mean? So I, I think anybody who who is in that position doesn't actually doesn't matter what you look like. You have you. you first of all, you have the responsibility to be a leader. And a captain and go like, what if we didn't make this character, a, a, you know, whatever, a Richard Jenkins type? Mm-hmm. What about a, you know, a Bridget Everett type? Yeah. What about, you know, what, what, what would, what would we, what could we do with this an opportunity, or how could we give this opportunity to someone who wouldn't have otherwise played this therapist, this villain, this 
killer kid, like whatever it is. And yeah. then you open up all kinds of stuff. The amount of community that I've found just in like my two kind of, you know, little features and stuff that I've done, it's been incredible and people just voicing, you know, their their thoughts, you know, in that in that regard. Um, that's been that's been killer. Is, is that your nightlight then? We talk, we ask people what their nightlight is in on this show. Ooh. So like they're all of all the things that terrify you, <clears throat> like what like keeps you going what keeps you from like running uh from the theaters what keeps you going and what keeps you making films being like you know up against all of this i mean um artists like the duplass brothers like their book like brothers mm -hmm. really kicked my ass into gear to make my first project um and also just like i don't know like the horror community ever since I like made a splash onto it. Like I remember when a certain scream queen legend, Barbara Crampton followed me on zitter on Twitter. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, I have arrived. Right. You, you always know? remember that day. Yeah. 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 Well, like, what's, you know, what's that? Does, does, do you, is the room shaking? Oh my God. Is, oh yeah. Is it the big one? Did it just get windy? Is there something, I feel like there's something on the wind. Something. Like I'm scared, but it also feels good. Yeah. Right? It's it smells warm. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it smells glowing. great. Feels great. Kind of scared. I'm so scared. I'm so excited. Is it a witch? Is it a good witch? Hello. It's Barbara Crampton. What? Where did you all come from? Are you in my nightmare? No, we've been here. Where'd yeah. you come from? Where'd you come oh my from? God, I'm astro projecting. <laughs> yeah, wow. This is such I a high tech space yeah. here at AMP. I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow, Barbara. I've actually been here the whole time. I've been listening to you all talk about your nightmares and your dreams. Oh my and goodness. I can't believe, like you were saying, that you don't dream. You must dream. I, I, it just doesn't retain. I think it's just like a memory wipe every morning. That's what well, I was saying. When yeah. I was in high school, I took a class and the teacher was saying, if you want to remember your dreams, you have to give yourself a suggestion. I want to remember my dreams in the morning. I want to remember my dreams and put a piece of paper and a pencil by your bedside. And you might have to do that every night for a while mm -hmm. until your brain gets the message. And then you will probably start remembering. When I did that in high school, I remember that I could recall about 10 dreams per night when I got really good at it wow. and I was doing it all the time. Wow. So I think it's just like a muscle. I thought you were like, yeah, when I give myself a suggestion, like an improv show, exactly. like you're, you're laying in bed and you're like, okay, Subway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So dreams yeah, about either a sandwich or New York. Well, you, you can know? do that too. I also think that writing down your dreams is uh, a common way to try to get into lucid dreaming, I've heard. Like, yeah, you know, like I've, yourself I've, for lucid I've had dreaming. lucid dreaming and I, I also have precognitive dreams. I swear to God, I dream about oh. things that are gonna happen because then I remember them. When they happen, I go, oh yeah, I dreamt about that two years ago. Mm. Like so. like prophetic dreams? As yeah, like prophetic, things that are sure. going, Oh my mm -hmm. gosh. Yeah. So or, yeah. If someone has nightmares, that'd be terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> like you're coming over for lunch in a couple days. No, they're much more <laughs> glamorous than that. Wow. Uh, yeah, but they run the gamut. I would. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. So yeah. what it, what do you have any recurring nightmares or a nightmare that you've had that really, uh, that really like you? a lot of people? I I have flying dreams and I still have flying dreams. Uh -huh. And um, I do have dreams where I can't speak and I can't move and, and can't talk. And and I was also reading some books about astral projection back in the day. And there was a few times when I had these dreams where I would wake up 
and or I thought I was waking up, but maybe it was like a lucid dream. I, you know, I was, I don't know if I was awake or asleep. And then I would feel like I couldn't move, but then I could hear somebody talking in my ear. And I remember one time when I had this really intense dream, I felt like I was rising up out of my bed and my whole body was shaking. And I swear to God, I tried to turn because I wanted to move and then I fell back into my body. So I really uh, feel like I've had yeah. astral projection dreams. I'm a little nervous about those. So I sort mm. of shy away from them, but I welcome all other dreams. Oh my <laughs> gosh. But I've, I've, I have a pretty vivid dream life for yeah. sure. Yeah. I wish, yours sounds so much more positive though. Mine are always just horrible. Yeah, like the flying dreams, Why? are those positive or yeah. nightmares? Yeah, I thought you were gonna be like, and then I flew into a hellhole. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both uh but I, i'm afraid of heights so the, the uh. so i guess it is kind of a negative thing i have i have a fear of flying and when i'm on a plane i have to sit on the uh on the aisle because mm. i don't want to look down i'm also a little claustrophobic so when i sit in the middle i have that feeling but you know i pick my poison oh my god you gotta fly first class then yeah always. i try to always yeah. it was <laughs> delta one pods <laughs> But I want to get to what the segment is that um, you oh. brought me on here for. Yes. Oh, Great question. well, we didn't. You just appeared. But what are you here to promise <laughs> uh, to? With Josh, we're going to do a little Mad Lib. Have you oh, done Mad Libs before? I have. I have. Yeah. I'm very excited to do one with you. Oh, thank you. Okay. Cue so. Smash Mouth. What if it's like, stomp? And then we're just like, you know, mm. I just thought it'd be a fun montage moment to hear Smash Mouth as Barbara and I went into it. Anyway. <laughs> Can you say Smash Mouth during the uh, strike? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't think Smash Mouth is strong. No, There's no uh, so. Smash Mouth mm. biopics. Just can't talk about Rat Race. No, no, Co-starring no. Shrek. Anyway, yeah. 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 can't say it. No, it was a book first. <laughs> so the first thing I need to know, and our uh, our crew over here will write down your answers. I hope so. Because um, I won't remember. A number. 19. Ooh. A body part. A foot. Ooh. <laughs> a color. Red. Ooh. An exotic location. San Diego. <laughs> oh my God, really? You need to travel more. Okay. A foul smelling item. A foot. Mm. Yeah. Can it be, does it have to, can it be different? I feel yeah, like it should because be. It should you be. Did, um, yeah. <clears throat> the foul smelling item. Uh, a. Uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, uh, turd. Oh, okay, that's a good one. I, mine wasn't quite that good. Um, an adjective. Uh, an adjective, uh, uh, flaky. Okay, Ooh. good. A name of a town. We were just speaking about towns oh, where we're from. Woodstock, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Woodstock, New York. Uh, a socio-political event of the last five years. Whoa. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the insurrection? Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's on everybody's yeah. mind, right? Flaky, 19 flaky feet of the insurrection. What a turd. <laughs> okay, a negative adjective. Oh, um, mean. Mean, okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Another different negative adjective, sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that oh, was, that's another one. Yeah. They, they wanted me to ask you another, another one. Another uh, yeah. uh, 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 Violent. Yeah, good. Oh, God, this is oh getting Oh, my God, real. and now they want another adjective, I'm sorry. A, just a regular oh, one? Just a regular together. one? Just a regular one. Watery. Watery, okay. <laughs> and that that's good. We're right. almost done. Hang in there. Ooh. I got a 9.50 on my SATs, so you might be like, noun. I'll be like, uh, ferocious. That you was know? my next one. A noun. Oh, really? A noun. A noun. A noun. Oh, great. Ready? 
bathtub. Ooh. Awesome. Oh. Okay. Watery bathtub. A weapon. Oh, oh um, oh, uh, a, 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 a scythe. A scythe. A okay. scythe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like a reaper. Okay. A children's Two. toy. Um, <laughs> uh, a. Uh, you were talking about toys earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, a uh, uh, my pet monster. Cool. And then one last thing. Yeah. A utensil. Oh, a spork. <laughs> a spork. A spork. Yeah. What's like, a spork? It's like a spoon fork. It's like a spoon with little oh, little horns like on a, it. Like you have food. Cafeteria. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Okay, spork. spork. Okay. And there right. we have it. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are with our Mad Lib script, now completed. We all have our assigned roles. Ready and... Well, should we say who's reading who? Oh. <gasps> oh, oh, God. Never mind. I got so Take ready. Two. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Catherine. No, 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 you should say who's reading who. Uh, who's reading who, okay. okay so, you are reading... I'm, okay, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you say it. Catherine, you're you say so good it. in charge. Tell us who we're no, no, reading. No, no, I feel bad. No, no, don't. And no, I'm giving cut. it to you. Okay. Tell us. <laughs> go. Okay. Um, Josh will be reading Gus, uh, Barbara will be reading Evelyn, I will be reading Lucy, and James will be reading the stage directions. That's right. Okay. Hell Next time yeah. we'll and give slums. you a better part. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. He, well, thank oh, he you. Chose these. I offered, okay. I volunteered. Oh, chose He'll read them like David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Interior, creepy cabin. <laughs> okay. Ready? Yes. Interior, creepy cabin, basement, midnight. The room is dimly lit with flickering candles casting eerie shadows on the walls. In the center of the room, three teenagers stand around a large, ominous wooden door. Lucy, the fearless skeptic with a quick wit and sarcastic one-liners, crosses her arms, eyeing the door suspiciously. To her left is Gus, a brawny and impulsive jock. He cracks his knuckles and paces back and forth, the epitome of brute force and lack of brain power. Cowering behind them is Evelyn, the superstitious and anxious bookworm. She clutches a dusty old text, fingers trembling. Seriously, guys, are we really going to to debate whether there's a 19-foot red demon behind that door? It's just an old San Diego legend. Listen, turd brains, I've seen some real messed up stuff in my time. Nothing ever happens this flaky Woodstock. Town needs a good shakeup. Let's open that door and let the creature out. No, no, Gus. That's exactly what the ancient San Diego text warns against. If we release the 19-foot red demon, it could bring about the apocalypse. Or worse, another insurrection. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Evelyn, finally, someone who gets it. Gus, your plan is just mean. We have no idea what we're dealing with here. Come on, Lucy. It's just a little temporary chaos. We'll be heroes, saving flaky Woodstock from its violent existence. Heroes? More like catalysts for destruction. We can't let that thing loose. It could be the end of the world as we know it. The tension in the room thickens as they stare at the door, each contemplating their next move. Hmm. Suddenly, a loud growl echoes from behind the door, sending shivers down the three teenagers' spines. They freeze. Did you all hear what I just heard? <laughs> if you mean that watery growl, I sure did. It's calling for the, um, it's <laughs> calling for a bathtub. 
Let's give it the freedom. Let's give it the freedom it wants. No, no, we have to find another way, a safer way. The door begins to rattle, causing the entire room to quake. I don't think we have a choice. We need a plan. Evelyn, find any information you can about this creature. Gus, grab whatever weapons you can find. We're not going down without a fight. Gus rushes towards a cabinet and rummages through it, pulling out an assortment of items. A scythe, a My Pet monster, and a spork. The other two stare at him, confused. What? I usually have a fully stocked arsenal of weapons on hand, but these are desperate times. The door trembles, rattling on its hinges. Evelyn flips through the dusty text, her eyes widening as she reads. It says here that the creature can be only defeated by a turd-brained virgin. They turn to Lucy. She rolls her eyes. Of course she would be responsible for the fate of the world. Lucy, the fate of the world lies in your hands. I told you, I'm not a turd brain. The door rattles again and lets out another loud growl. Wind somehow begins blowing from inside the house. Gus holds out the scythe, preparing for the impending chaos. He nods. Ugh, fine. I guess it's now or never. On the count of three, we open it. Ready? Oh, hell yeah. One... A hinge rips itself off the door. Evelyn's book is sent flying out of her hands. She grabs the My Pet Monster, using it to cover her eyes. Ah, two! Three! The door swings open with ancient force and strength. Mouths agape, the three unlikely comrades' eyes move up towards the ceiling, following the shape of the figure in front of them. It's the 19-foot red demon! Ah! Hell yeah! <laughs> Amazing! Okay, that's gonna be our next movie. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Catherine, you wrote that. I did. Yeah. It was really good. almost a religious political thriller about freedom. Yeah. Right? It was like, yeah, but freedom, but also. <laughs> Technically, we co wrote it. Truly, truly. That's true. Truly. Yeah. yeah. It was a collaborative experience. Thank you, guys. I really yeah. liked my part, so thank you. Oh, I'm so yeah. glad. I really liked when the watery growl was giving bathtub. <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> I, really truly. I hope Jim Caviezel doesn't replace me, but I think it's going to be a good time. <laughs> I, I think it's a good proof of concept. <laughs> okay, I got to go, you guys. What? See you next time. <gasps> she's gone. Oh, but you know what? She's also always going to be here. Always with us. Yeah. Ugh. Like that she took her chair. She I did know. take the chair. Yeah. She's like, I want that Overstock.com black leather magic right on my table. I heard it with she me. just moved into a new house recently. You know, yeah. maybe some decor needs. Yeah. yeah. Into the further we go. Can't say it, but you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. she did. Economical. <laughs> Always. That Barbara. It's funny because James and I met at a horror convention, mm -hmm. my very first horror convention, mm -hmm. actually. That was our first one with a table, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, so it was her first. We met that lovely actress that of whom you speak, Barbara Crampton, <laughs> there, too. And um, I have this, uh, I had this uh, mutual friend of hers, hers that it was a very dear friend of me who passed away. His, his name was Nick Tucci, and he used to say, all you have to do to be successful in this business is keep telling stories and don't die because there will always <laughs> mm. be people 
who there will always be stories to tell. There will always be people who resonate with the stories you have to tell. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you sound like, what shape you are. It, yeah. There's always there's always ways to tell these stories. All you have to do is keep making them. And oh my that. gosh, yeah. Was, Seth Rogen actually said real estate. He's like the the secret to success. Honestly, was like just like don't quit. <laughs> and he was just like that's that's honestly it's like you it, everyone I've known who ever gave up never made it. But the mm-hmm. people who just like. We're just relentlessly going. That's that's actually kind of true. Look at Key Kwan. We can't talk oh about what Key Kwan yeah. won for, but like, look at what happened to Key Kwan. You know, yeah. Key Kwan. Yeah. You know, um, I think uh, th- that's a prime example of someone who's just like, oh no, that I, I'm not wanted. There's no place for me. There's no space for me. And you're just kind of relentless. Um, or I guess in that case, filmmakers think of you, oh shit, you know, maybe maybe this person could do this. And not only did they do it, but they delivered like beyond. Yeah. Um, yeah. Both him and Michelle Yeoh and that whole cast. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. That's that was a such a carryover for genre too. We talked mm-hmm. about that, how a lot of times it gets lost in the mainstream. But mm-hmm. what Jamie Lee Curtis said about for every single person who watched one of her genre films, they just won an Oscar. And it's so true because uh, it is about the community. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And having yeah. each other. It was yeah. this so, so critical. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But I think that is, I think my, you know, my, my uh, figurative nightlight would be just like, oh, this, this, this motivating community, like the motivation yeah. of it. It's just like, and it's extremely welcoming. We could all make something on our, you know, Boost Mobile phone <laughs> and then upload it to iMovie and cut it. And if we, any festival it got into, like our community would show up. I oh, mean, yeah. Like, and they'd be like, hell yeah, like let's watch that, that Boost Mobile movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you find that there's a crossover between the audiences of your, uh, sometimes genre and comedy do intersect? Do you find that there's a crossover of your audiences on each project? Yeah, I'll, I'll creep on my letterbox sometime. I'll, I'll type in my, 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 my movie title. Uh, That's dangerous. Some stuff. <laughs> it, it totally is. I'm, I'm actually not. I'm really not affected by it. But I, I, I haven't made anything like. That, well, I guess the stuff I had, but have made is like m- m- uh, kind of middle of the road review wise, like not terribly polarizing. Mm. Um, but I love seeing people who are like, "That's the guy who makes who's like." you know, uh, uh, the the Michael Winslow of like internet comedy or whatever, like he like, I'm known for like making silly voices on, a, on like this like game show in part or for my, my past life doing yeah. college humor videos. And I go, wow, he like also played the serial killer. Like that's, that's rad. Or I've, I double featured your movies um, because I followed you in your comedy or vice versa. The the fun thing is when they don't know about the other thing and mm-hmm. they discover it. That's 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 always been really really exciting. Um, like you you know yeah you you played a, a you played some killer in a weird cabin or like you, you I you I know you from comedy you made like a werewolf movie like what yeah it's like oh I put this movie on I was surprised to see you there it's yeah, like, yeah 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 just stumble upon it yeah yeah but I I love not being pinned down mm-hmm. um, which is probably why I'm not wealthy. Um, <laughs> like I, 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 if I'm not writing, I'm directing. If I can't direct, I, you know, I, I'll perform when I'm not doing that. Can't sit still. I just did a graphic novel called Darla, totally independently published based oh, nice. on a, a film I was going to make. Did you do the art too or write it? No, or, the okay. art was actually someone who Brie Tippett is the artist. She reached out to me cold, just would tag me in, um, in her fan art. And I was like, oh, my God, you're amazing. She sent me a couple books. 
And I was like, do you want to just do something? We Our plan was to put a book on like Etsy and just uh-huh. like kind of put it out into the world. And our, um, our, my publishing buddies at a company called Invader Comics, they picked it up. They taught us so much about like essentially how to, you know, really edit the thing. Because it was, I essentially handed her this screenplay, which is so not the way to do a comic graphic novel, and said, <laughs> you do whatever, transcribe <laughs> it, whatever. Was it in like screenplay format? Like, Completely. Was it, supposed- it was a screenplay oh, that so I was funny. like, there's no way this is going to get made. This is like a, almost like a Bo is Afraid, Baba Duke, like Requiem for a Dream kind of, with yeah. like a an elderly protagonist who's kind of a racist piece of shit. Like I was like, there's no way this that is sounds like a get. hit. Yeah, completely. <laughs> but her, there was something about Bree's art that was so charming mm-hmm. and so charmingly gruesome. I was like, this could actually work. Uh-huh. And um, it was choked with text. So just to speak to the comic book format, which I'm really you know yeah. stoked on, it's a visual medium. So the less text, the better. We see, and you know, we we could. You know, silent films were the first type of films. The films play out in images. It's about telling the story in images. So, you know, we, we handed in our first kind of draft of it that Brie hand drew and hand lettered everything in record time wow. just because she was excited. She's a partner on the book forever. Um, and they're like, cool, now cut half the text because you, you don't need, long. yeah, you don't need that much. Just like speech uh, bubbles filling up an entire panel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm just, I'm excited to make art and be a part of stuff. Um, I, I still love acting as a filmmaker. It's really important to me to keep acting because I can see how people talk to each other. Yeah. How do you give direction? Are you going to shout direction from across the room for an intimate scene? Or are you going to sit on the floor with a monitor? Mm-hmm. There's a difference to me as an actor. And so it's like I, I have a little more a little, little more empathy sometimes yeah. when I am, you know, being a filmmaker or as a writer, you know, I'm, I like to think I hear the dialogue roll off the tongue a little bit mm-hmm. like, you know, perhaps different than someone who hasn't like done this stuff. Um, but I just want to keep doing the thing. You know, I'm tr- trying to figure out, you know, a stage play um, based on my first film and maybe one after the fact, do more graphic novels, still acting oh. stuff, direct when I can. The next thing, I thought it was going to be a horror, you know, hot off of um, uh, or right before the strike. And then um, uh, because we couldn't that one get that one financed right away, this mm-hmm. comedy thing popped up. And I was like, maybe I'll go back to comedy for a minute. It has kind of a a genre spin to it, but yeah. no horror. So maybe I'll go back into my world. Also like need the gig, but you can mm-hmm. survive with that to then go back, maybe work on another comic, figure some other art form out. So it's, it's um, yeah. Again, why, uh, why I can't quite be pinned down, quote unquote, yeah. or why I like to, but also why I'm uh, nay wealthy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like pick that one thing, just blow it out. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. Yeah. yeah. No, but I love what you talk about, like how fluid it is. I. I I always see people be like, oh, I just quit comedy or I just quit this or I just quit no. It's like, but why? Why just because you do one thing can't can't you do other things? Absolutely. I mean I mean what it, I guess what then is like the rose and thorn of that? Is the is the thorn that you're just it, it affects your income or like I don't know. I think there's like this marketing myth, you know, with mm-hmm. like, I don't know, agencies and managers, uh-huh. let's say, if you're if you're a performer, but by the same token it's like you know, there's there's a Griffith Park Shakespeare Festival right now. I, 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 I saw Midsummer Night's Dream and I was like, man, I'd love to do that. If I had the time, I would totally do that, like completely. Um, and uh, I know that if I did that, I'd still get some opportunity to pitch on either some studio thing yeah. or still write some small thing and find someone who's a fan of mine who has money either through the college humor world or somewhere else where I could cast 
some regional theater actor or local LA actor as an example that I met doing this thing and we can just make another thing. Yeah. You can just keep going and not give up even if you shoot it on a Boost Mobile. <laughs> you'll still yeah. probably, you'll, you'll keep the momentum up. You just have to like kind of keep like willing it, I guess is kind of the hoity-toity way to, to yeah. put it, but it's, it's true. Yeah, you know? I think there's also, I mean, consumers themselves drive this pigeonholing, I think sometimes, because even with big filmmakers that some of whom we've discussed, like Jordan Peele and Ari yeah. Aster and, and Eggers, like even when they kind of diverge a little bit and, and come off the horror path, there's sometimes a negative reaction of like, that wasn't horror enough or like, like, what are you doing? That that movie's not what I expected from you. Mm -hmm. And I know that um, as like an online content creator, I experienced that a lot of like, oh, this isn't what we're used to. So like, we're just gonna discard it. Go back to doing what you're good at. You know? Yeah, Yeah, but sometimes those are my favorite. For Most sure. Of the time, those are my yeah. favorite. You yeah. know, that's the big criticism of uh, Eggers' first film was that, oh, it's not horror enough. It's not gory enough. I'm like, it, there's a witch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But, and every time you put something out too, you're you're reinventing yourself or yeah. you're, you're you're sort of starting over, at least in this day and age. Yeah. Um, and that might be different. I haven't had a, a, a movie that broke box office records by any stretch. And when I do, when that art gets seen by many people, mm -hmm. maybe there'll then be some kind of bar set for whatever the next thing is. It'll be the association they have for Possibly, you. Possibly, yeah. yeah. But I, I like a more kind of Duplassian, Swanbergy, you know, kind of route where you go, okay, well, well I can't quite pin down what that, what that person's doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's always what's appealed to me uh, artists who can do that. Like David Bowie's my number one musician oh, yeah. of all time. And it's because yeah, totally. every album is different from the last one. You and know? then you pop up in the prestige. You know, yeah, exactly. Or, sorry, I can't say it. Oh God. In the prestige. Um, <laughs> and you pop up in film. I mean, yeah. film for, for many, many a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, Holy crap. Like that dude. I love that. And he's just like, I wanted to try things. You know, yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah. 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 One of the last things he did was a stage play. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. right. Yeah. Musical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My buddy Kristen was in that thing with my asked her everything about that. Oh She's my like, gosh. It's a living angel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. My As you pleasure. gear up for your next thing, where can we find out about your graphic? Where can we purchase your graphic novel? Is it out? Everything's on, uh, yeah, my website, joshesmindhouse.com. You can shop. You can find uh, some merch. You can look at yeah news and all kinds of stuff. What kind of merch do you have? Do you have any, like? Got t-shirts based on some stuff I've done or just some original stuff. Um, there's a, uh, uh, a mini, like, back pocket um like collector's edition of uh -huh. one of my screenplays. There's, uh, I put up a whole page for fan art recently. I just wanted to put all my fan art, like people, like fans fan who reached out. Oh. Yeah, yeah, not for share. sale, just yeah, like, just to you share. can see it all. Yeah, That's so yeah. cool, see I bet they so appreciate cool. that yeah. so much. Yeah, and yeah. I tag everyone, everything, you know, you, you got, it's just, it's, I, I just want to keep that, you know, that collection, that archive, because it's just, it's, as it surmounts, I'm like, wow, that's so cool to see it all in one place is rad. So yeah, yeah joshesmindhouse.com has everything, yeah. It's got everything. Good morning, <laughs> it's got everything you could want, it sounds yeah. like. Graphic novel too, hell yeah. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Uh, until next time, this has been Josh Rubin on our first episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Catherine Corcoran. I'm James A. Janice. This is Scream Dreams reminding you to keep the light on. <laughs>